One goblin stands out amongst the group. Clad in bright colors, dozens of shiny trinkets, and they're acting bombastically amongst the crowd, throwing around insults like they're candy. He catches your eye and quickly runs up to you and flicks your nose and runs off into one of the many caverns. Your party debates chasing him for a while and decides it's really not worth the effort. Ever since then, every single day, he finds new ways to trick you. From gluing your hair to your sleeping roll, putting honey in your weapon sheath, and all those annoying, tiny, little things that aren't harmful, but they're awfully annoying. Eventually, after months of torment, you and your party try and kill the goblin. Unfortunately for you, this is a normal goblin. This is a nilbog. Hi, hello. Welcome to Keepers of the Monster Guild. I am Cole, and if there's one thing you want to know about me, it's that I had something. I swear to God, I had something. <laughs> Whatever. It's fine. No. It's that he usually has a bit. Yeah. It's that today, today... I'm very, very sleepy. <laughs> Is it my turn? <laughs> oh, I, I use whatever pronouns you want. Most people use he, him. That's perfectly fine. I'm not going to fight you about it. Hi, I'm Machamello. I usually hear pronouns, and if there's one thing you want to know about me, is that I'm really bad at improv. You know, it's hard sometimes. <laughs> it really is. Whenever you do those big questions, I'm just like, oh shit, I forgot everything there ever is about me. Yeah. <laughs> it's just all gone. It's that panic it sets in. You know. What are we talking about today? We're talking about nilbogs, which is goblin spelled backwards, and that's my favorite fun fact about them, which that's, we're starting with that, which, weird. That You know that bodes well for this episode if that's your favorite thing you've learned about them. I know. Um, so I'll just, I'll just go through the lore and ask questions as you have them, but my document is two pages, which is really short for my documents, because usually they end up being like four. And, like, the second page is all of my stories. Alright. So right. It, it'll it be a time. It's but both I'll of us to do this before we do a goblin episode as well. You know, we just do what we want. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We'll do goblins sometime. Eventually. I'm not going to say next because I'm not going to choose your monster for you. That would be rude. Let's hop into it. So, a nilbog is a goblin possessed by the soul of a charismatic goblin killed for failing to obey orders. While the majority of nilbogs are created through the death of a real goblin, there have also been stories of hobgoblins, bugbears, and even goblinoid oni, which I need to know more about that, becoming these spirits. Do you know what a goblinoid oni is? I didn't look into it at all. I know what an oni is. But I like the sentences. What is an oni? Uh, An oni is like a Japanese spirit type of thing. So, so it's a goblinoid one of those, apparently. Yeah, they're just oni spirits that look like goblinoids. 
Weird. Well, apparently those can be. Nilbogs as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'll continue though. So nilbogs are one of the biggest reasons why goblins struggle to form groups that stick together. They're capable of throwing an entire army into chaos, using their mind-warping magic to cause leaders to act in unexpected ways. Interesting. Which I had no idea. Which I feel like if we talked about goblins, we would talk more about that, but we aren't talking about goblins. <laughs> um, and then some say that nilbogs are actually the last remnants of a fallen goblin trickster, ma- trickster god that was left after the goblin pantheon was massacred. Which again, we need to know more about that. We should do like a podcast where we talk about them or something. We'll get there. We'll get there someday. <laughs> I don't Just know. not in the order that we expect. So I don't know how long it's going to be until we start talking about like the gods. It's going to happen. Uh, we'll see. It will happen on accident. We will see. Yeah. Fair, fair, fair. And then <clears throat> goblins are incredibly difficult to kill as drawing weapons against them triggers a compulsion to fawn over them and praise them. It's also said that when someone attacks the host of a nilbog, the spirit will strengthen and heal the host to stay alive. And if somehow you end up killing the host, most often the nilbog will just hop into another nearby goblinoid. So the best way to kill one is to fight in complete isolation. But then is it just going to stay there until like the next goblin comes by? I think it, it, if it doesn't have a host, I think it dies. Hmm. I think that's the only way to like really kill it. Hmm. But most... But goblins are always near other things, you know, like yeah. it's very rare to find one in complete isolation. I mean, there's nothing stopping you from just killing every single goblin. If you want to be a murder hobo, yeah. Goblins don't deserve rights. Damn. Damn. Sorry, every D&D goblin player. <laughs> no, no one plays goblins anymore. If they want to play something that's really? like chaotic and annoying, they play kobolds. You know, fair though. Fair though. They're cute. And feisty. <laughs> and then while they are terribly difficult to kill, their mission is hardly ever to kill others themselves. Instead, they prefer to torment and humiliate their targets. Goblins love nilbogs. They love the strange and uncanny nature of them. Hobgoblins and bugbears aren't quite on the same page with that adoration. And then even if the goblin tried to isn't actively hosting a nailbog, sometimes they'll pretend to be one by dressing up and behaving as unpredictably as possible. The main way to tell a real nailbog from a fake nailbog then is because of their eyes. Okay. So nailbog's eyes are like opalescent in color. That's like their main giveaway. All right. So I'm going to play a goblin wizard and use prestidigitation to make everyone think yeah. I'm a nailbog. A nailbog. And then no one will fuck with you and you can act as rude as possible. That's just, I've, what's stopping goblins from just doing that anyways? I don't know. Maybe the goblins don't have that spell most of the time. <laughs> I don't know. They should, though. They should. So the other thing that I wanted to talk about was since nilbogs can be like a host or like they can jump to different creatures, I think it's important to talk about their stats. Okay. Because if we're, if they can go into bugbears and stuff like that, I think there's a few like specific things that should be in that build onto that monster so the first one is i think having this spell fawning adoration is really important i'm just gonna read this so anytime a creature within 60 feet of a nilbog attempts to make an attack against nilbog 
They must succeed a will save or lose that action and be nauseated for one round, spending their standard action praising the nilbok. <laughs> and I just love that. That's... So, like, this thing that's been tormenting you for however long, now you gotta worship it. And I love the idea of making your players, like, roleplay that. I think it's interesting that it says, like, attack. Uh, I wonder how that works for, like, spells that don't technically use attack rolls but require them to do saving throws. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how those it says, correspond. The wording on that was uh, whenever a player within 60 feet makes an attack, right? Mm-hmm, yep. Attempts to make an attack against the nilbog. I would assume then those spells would still count because it didn't say make an attack roll. Yeah. Any, any action against them as yeah. like something that would cause some sort of harm. I would assume. I'm curious how that would work with something more like mental. That's not like a damage spell, but more of a like like this spell, right? I don't know. My first thought is just like, yeah, just throw spirit guardians. That's not attack against anyone specific. Mm-hmm. But this thing will keep harassing you if you don't take care of it. So you're going to be followed around for the rest of your campaign if you don't deal with it. <laughs> Which honestly, like, what a good tool for a DM just to harass her party a little. Fair, yeah. Like, who doesn't want to do that at least a little bit when the players are bothering you? Look, sometimes your DM just needs a way to just, like, pull some pranks on the party in a way that justifies in the world building. And this is the easiest way, I think. I think it's one of the most, like, fun ways. It's, you're not going to kill your party with this, most likely. I'm sure there are situations where you could, but like more often than not, it's just a good way to like mess with them. Yeah. Okay. Some other spells that we have is reversal of fortune. So this is as an immediate action, when it would take damage from an attack or spell, a nil bog may instead heal that amount of damage. Extra hit points above the nil bogs maximum are lost. And a nil bog can use this ability a number of times a day, equal to its charisma modifier. So it just makes it really hard to kill. Okay. And this one is named after Nilbog, so it's Nilbogism. Nilbogism, nice. Nilbogism. So it's a possession effect. The benefits of the Nilbog template are suppressed when the Nilbog is under the effect of a protection from chaos or similar spell. And the template can be removed by successful break enchantment or dispel chaos effect against the Nilbogs. When a Nilbog is slain, the nearest goblinoid within 30 feet Feet. 30 feasts. 30 feasts. Must succeed a will save or gain the Nilbog template. The save DC is charisma based, and a Nilbog cannot heal hit point damage except through negative energy or its reversal of fortune ability. It heals ability damage through rest normally. And then it has an alignment or of chaotic, basically. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that is all the research that I was able to find on Nilbogs. I mean, they, they're just like prankster guys who just want yeah. to cause chaos and dissent within the ranks. Yeah, and I love that about them. I will say, if everyone, like, some of them, like, putting honey in your weapon sheath is very annoying. Oh, that would, I hate sticky things, like, so much. And so I was thinking the most annoying thing people could do to me, and every single one of them was sticky things, like gluing hair to a sleeping roll, or the honey in the weapon sheath, like, it's, it's just gonna make the weapon unusable. All right, so when I go and visit you, I'm just gonna put, like, a thin layer of glue stick glue all around your house. Please don't. I used to work at a coffee shop, and we had, like, a honey latte drink. Gross. 
oh, it was really good. It tastes fantastic. But some of the baristas, if they spilled honey, they would use like a dry cloth to like wipe it up. And then they would use that dry cloth on all of the other surfaces they were trying to clean. So everything was tacky. And I'm like, I hate this. I hate everything about life. Like my shoes were tacky. My hands were tacky. My shoulders were tacky. And I'm like, I can't, I can't function here. So please don't. I'll just, I'll just panic and cry. And then you'll have to deal with that. Do you want to deal with that? Do you want to deal with a crying matcha? Maybe. I don't. <laughs> That's why you have Austin. And then he'll be like, why did you do that? He'll be like, oh, I wanted to be a, a nail bog for a little bit. Anyway. <laughs> anyways i can't do my voice that low it doesn't doesn't i would hope you're not able to do your voice as low as mine it would make me feel actually kind of bad (laughs) i'm not saying i have a particularly deep voice but it's just like you know i did sing bass in choir so we are doing a game today i thought since the theme of nailbox is like pranks and stuff for the party i thought we would find a few fun stories so i have a couple and i know i asked you to get a couple I don't so I figured have we could read those. As many stories, I uh, I did find I did think of like a few fun uh ideas that I have like mm-hmm. friends have used or like fun like magic items that are pranky in nature. Okay, I'm here for that too. I don't really have rules to this. I'm making stuff up as I go. Fair. That's what professionals do. Do you want to do like I do one, you do one type of thing? Yeah. Okay. So the first one is actually probably like the rudest one that I have on my list. It's something that like you can use when you have players who are like very very loot loot hungry. A friend of mine, when I was in the military, actually told me about this that he had to use it a few times. Where after the end of like a combat or whatever, whenever they're fighting and they search something, let them see like mm-hmm. a gleam of something shiny in the wall in like a, in a hole that's just big enough to fit an arm in. And then so when they reach in and grab it and grab whatever it is, they hear a click, and that's all that oh, happens. No. They hear a click. <laughs> oh no! And it's just it, all it is is like a metal rod. That they can't pull out, and if they let go, it's just like they have to make a deck save or uh, like guilty will just chop off their arm. Oh my gosh! Oh no! See, I thought it was just like to prank them, like just the click was enough to be like, "What the heck is happening?" And there the, was nothing more to that. But the the guillotine adds an extra layer. The the click sure. is there to be like is like that like that like you stepped on a landmine type of thing. Yeah, you cannot now move until somebody else comes and disarms this trap, or if you are, risk being really really quick. See, the thing I would do is I would just have the click and then have it be terrified and have absolutely nothing happen. You are much nicer than uh, most DMs I've played am. with. I, I am. I don't like I don't like being mean. I don't know. I'm a nice DM. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing, though. I don't kill players ever unless they want to be killed. Uh, it shouldn't be know. DM. It's fine. I don't think death is necessary for a good story. Like, yeah, the risk of death should be there. For sure, mm-hmm. but also it's like at the end of the day, p- character people are playing the characters they want to play. Yeah, I know. I did a. This isn't my story, but I did one of the traps where it was like you know the Star Wars scene where you're going to be crushed by like two plates. The, so the, I any cl- collapsing room type yeah, of thing. Yeah, any collapsing room sort of thing. But you got like two plates pressing towards you, and you're going to get squished. And so I had players like trying to figure that out and what i did was i had like a like one of those hourglass things it was like a a five minute one and i was just i flipped that over on the table and i was like you're gonna get crushed in five minutes have fun (laughs) 
Good luck. Fun. And watching them panic for five minutes straight when nothing was going to happen because I never let anything happen to my party. Yeah. Because I'm protective. But like basically once once they were almost squished, it just let up. Mm -hmm. And so like just listening to them panic for five minutes straight, trying to figure out ways to stop it was the most funny thing. Nice. I don't think they like that. No, there is always something very fun about like the threat of danger with no actual consequence of it. Mm-hmm. Especially stuff like that. Just like your, your players don't know what's going to actually ever happen. Mm-hmm. They could have all died right Especially there. But like actual like real life timers, like here you have yeah. this amount of time go. And it's not like in universe five minutes. It's you have five mm-hmm. real life minutes to figure out something. Yeah. Anytime a DM brings out a timer, things get real. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're just like, Oh no. Oh, there was one party I was in where we had to use like a 30 second one for combat because people would just like take minutes oh. and minutes. I love that, though. D&D combat is a drag. I I think, yeah, we can get that's a whole other episode we could talk about D&D combat and how to make it more efficient. Yeah. My favorite tip is to have like some sort of visual that shows initiative order on the table at all times. Yeah. So people know when their turn is coming up. And when I've DM'd, I have that. And then I'm also like, you're on deck, person, you know, just to like remind them because I don't want to wait for them. I'm not patient enough for that stuff. (sighs) Hey, hi, hello. Welcome to our mid-break. I am Cole. If you are enjoying the show and you want to support us, the absolute best thing you can do is share us with a friend. Text somebody that you think might also enjoy the show and let them know, hey, I found this cool podcast. I think you might like it. Check it out. The second best thing you can do is leave ratings and reviews on whatever podcast app you're listening on, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever. If it lets you do a rating or review, leave it there. If you have suggestions for us, you can send us emails as well at kotmgpod at gmail.com. Those are the three best ways you guys, as the audience members, can go about improving this podcast. Thank you all for listening. We're going to go back to the show now. Anyway, my actual story... So this is kind of long because I copy and pasted it from Reddit. Yeah. Thanks, Reddit. It's a great source. Anyway, so this is the Nilbog in the Mines. The players are investigating a silver mine that they have been tasked with clearing. Early on, they fought some hobgoblins, iron shadows, and wargs just to get a taste for the combat. After the gunslinger defeated most of the party by shooting things in the mine shaft, the shaft, the shaft, the sorcerer, who cannot see in the dark and was holding a fireball spell for when the cleric cast light, threw a fireball at the poor little hobgoblin after the flash of light from the guns gave her just enough vision. Stuff died, loud noises, everyone was deaf for a few rounds. <laughs> that was when I let them meet the Bargast in goblin form, who told them to keep the noise down so they didn't alert all the other goblinoids in the mine. He quickly endeared himself to the group, and off they went to clear the mine together. The party still thinks it's just a crazy little goblin. 
Skip a few minor encounters for time. They find the room they have been looking for, the vault. I'd set it up so that there were two doors that couldn't be opened at the same time. The paladin decided to make his own door and shoulder-charged it, rolled exceptionally well, and I figured it would just be fun to let him knock the door down. I wasn't supposed to be, or it wasn't supposed to be some complicated thing anyway, and it was fun. He then came face-to-face with the nail bog. I had it yell out how happy it was that it was finally free from the vault, and then tell the paladin to promptly get out of its way so it could leave. When the paladin did not, it smacked him on the head with a stick, and it rolled a one for damage, so basically nothing. The party proceeded to attempt to kill this little pink-clad goblin. The first person to actually hit it was a rogue who managed to crit for 30 damage, triggering the reversal of fortune. Everyone else got charmed or just completely missed. The sorcerer burned several spell slots, trying to do non-damaged effects that would prevent it from fleeing. The cleric tried to command it to stop. The paladin kept getting charmed. The gunslinger kept getting charmed. And then the barghast that was with them kept getting charmed. Whenever any of them managed to deal damage, it was either not enough to kill it or the nilbog had its reversal of fortune up again. The players were all laughing at each other with the force praising of the nilbog while charmed. The rogue was just happy the nilbog was leaving the mine, so she didn't attack it again. Just followed it all the way to the entrance. The cleric and sorcerer, neither have dark vision, ended up separated from the rest of the party because they all ran off into the darkness. The, so the sorcerer started braiding the cleric's hair in the vault. Because <laughs> why not? Yeah. The gunslinger was bound and determined to kill the nilbog, despite it basically ignoring them and walking away. I didn't even have to disengage, since every time something got an attack of opportunity, they just failed their charisma save. Finally, just for funsies, I had it turn around and cast confusion on the bar guest, and the paladin would have, who had insisted on chasing it as well, after that, everyone just kind of gave up and left. Everyone was laughing. The rogue is a gnome, so her player was saying she really wanted to kill it just to steal the pink leather armor and the hat. But the characters were happy that this thing was leaving. <laughs> but it was just like a fun little story about like nail bogs, like how they're so persistent and like impossible to kill, basically. But it's just like just constantly like running into it and not being able to do anything. That makes them such like a powerful tool, I think, for a DM. Oh yeah, and like they're not gonna they're not gonna be a deadly encounter, but they will be a frustrating mm-hmm. encounter. And one that you can keep bringing up again and again and again if yep. you want to. It's like the uh, when the annoying duck game or goose game was popular. Yes. There was a lot of like Reddit posts about like, I just added the sco- I I just added the goose from the annoying goose game into my game. It's just a random goose that shows up whenever everyone least expects it, and it does nothing. But people think it's. But my party is like terrified of it now. I think it's some reoccurring bad guy. It's like no, <laughs> it's just this random just goose. goose. Just a goose. Yeah, that's basically what Nelbog is. Is that goose? Yep. Do you have another one? Because I have one more after yours. Oh, I have like a few things to talk about. Uh, Perfect. So this is one that uh, actually was a kind was kind of taken from uh, unprepared casters, but it was also like on the saw it on Reddit. It's a it's a mirror maze that's full of mm. doppelgangers or vampires. Because <laughs> you can't see the reflections. You can't see the reflections. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's terrifying. Yeah. Actually. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that so much. I love much. the idea of like a D&D party set in like a stupid like rundown circus and they have to go through a mirror maze full of their doppelgangers and you have to figure out <laughs> mirror maze is already hard enough as is, let alone yeah. one filled with a bunch of doppelgangers who are just adding more chaos. 
I love that. I played a few like circus themed like sections of campaigns. That would have been so fun. That would have been so, so good. I need that now. The other, I have have two more items. I'll do one now and then we'll do your story. Uh, So a boomerang that disappears when you throw it and it will return at a random time later in the future that you have to roll on. I was like, do you have to roll to catch it? I feel like there'd be like a few different tables of like one table to see if it's like rounds, hours, days, whatever. Mm. And another Mm -hmm. one for like how actually long that would be. It's like a wild magic table, but for a boomerang. Yeah. It's like a magic boomerang <laughs> that like might disappear and come back like a year later and you have to be prepared for it. Otherwise, it will <laughs> hit you. You catch it at all times. <laughs> never sleep. You can never, never rest. See, this is when you get an energetic dog companion, like a blink dog, mm-hmm. who likes to catch boomerangs. You train it for that moment. Train it for just to be ready to catch it at any moment. Yeah. Sorry, Blink Dog. You can't sleep. Your job is to catch a boomerang. <laughs> Poor puppy. <laughs> puppy. I love that too. Okay. This is another one. I found ones about nail bogs because I wanted it to be, be on theme. theme. Fair. Yeah. So this one's a little bit shorter. So I'm running a homebrew goblin campaign, basically lost minds from the perspective of the goblins. First session, my party of a level one goblin stumble across this fancily dressed goblin, a nilbog, but they don't know this. Skipping around and singing to himself. He tells them really bad jokes, asks them to dance, sits down and asks a bard to play him a song, and is generally just super friendly, but also really annoying. He keeps referring to himself as their best friend and wants to go to their home and meet their friends. He's super energetic and just won't stop talking. Think Tigger from Winnie the Pooh. I named him Trouncy, which I I love the name Trouncy. They try and get rid of him, even attempting to attack him at one point, but they fail their charisma save and start praising him. He tells them another joke and casts Tasha's hideous laughter on all of them. Never making an aggressive action, just telling really bad jokes and laughing with them while they fail charisma saves and lavish him with praise. They give up and stop attacking, and he thinks it was all big fun and says, let's do it again. That was fun. But won't leave them alone, just keeps following them, saying how excited he is to meet their friends and tell stories. The party comes up with a pretty cool idea to take the long way home and set up camp one more time, where they wait for the nilbog to fall asleep, and then try and leave him there. I have them roll to see how well they cover their tracks, and they fail miserably. But they do manage to sneak away. So two days later, he shows up at the Kragmaw hideout, wanting to meet all of their good friends. One of the guards immediately attacks, but once again, can't make a save and just has nothing but great things to say about the Nilbog. All the other goblins see this and don't want any part of this guy. So the party is running around trying to distract him and keep him from going in the cave. But what can they do? They can't seem to attack him. He won't leave. None of the other goblins want anything to do with being made a fool of. We finally ended the session because they were just they were just struggling with what to do, which is so perfect because that's exactly what happens, at least according to the lore. You just kind of have to deal with them. Yep. I will say, I think like AOE spells are probably your best bet because you don't have to necessarily mm-hmm. target him then. You can just target around yeah. him or like the spell mm-hmm. like a uh, ice knife, which explodes on impact. You can just throw it like at his foot. At the ground. I wonder if it can like detect intention, though, of harm. I don't know. I don't know. Because I like that idea. But I feel I like... Because like, I'm thinking like things like Spirit Guardians is just like an AoE around you. Creatures take damage. Or mm-hmm. Wall of Fire is just like a 
if you're in this area, you're taking damage. Mm-hmm. Those don't require necessarily like any attack rolls or anything. Yeah, they're just area effects, like you were saying. I I think it's it's up to the DM's discretion. At also, the end yeah, of the also day, it's probably a thing but... that's like a very low level encounter that you're not going to be running yeah. when you have things like Wall of Fire. He's like a CR one. Yeah. They're just annoying. Mm-hmm. Like they aren't. Their goal is never to hurt you, right? Yeah. It's just to annoy you. Like they're not gonna sit there and try and attack you. That's never their goal. If you try and like, if for some reason it gets to the point where they're gonna start like taking damage, if that does happen, they're gonna run away and come back another day. Yeah. Like that's just kind of how they function. So it's just it's an interesting tool for a DM, I think. Okay. The last one I have is a uh, spear called the Spear of Returning Koala. Okay. It is, uh, so this one has a bit of a story to it. Um, uh, it was given to, like, the, the DM's party by an uh, old man in the field who, like, after he gave it to them, just ran away. And mm. then the, when you throw the spear, a koala appears out of nowhere, picks up the spear, and returns it to you. <laughs> Which sounds adorable, right? Yeah. But the koala doesn't disappear. Oh no! And every time you throw it, a new koala spawns out. Oh my god! So it gets to the point where this party is having literally like hundreds of koalas following them around. They can't like go into adventuring dungeons because they're just cramped. They can't go into towns because they have an army of koalas. So they go. So they try to like. All right, we have to do something about these koalas. They're going to try to kill them. But oh no! Every time you kill a koala, it just splits into two koalas. (laughs) Koala hydra. So, <laughs> apparently the only way to get rid of the curse is to give the spear to somebody else, but they can't know about the curse they before. They can't know about the koala. How do you hide all those koalas? <laughs> I feel like have one person just, like, holding them all back and just, like, give the spear to somebody in your party and, like, tell them to run. <laughs> so, do the koalas always follow the spear? Uh, I think the koalas are always trying to return the spear to somebody. Whoever currently <laughs> has the spear, probably. <laughs> So do the koalas fight over the spear after they're thrown? I would assume not. That would be cute. It would be so cute, though. A little koala fest. Oh, but it's just like, I love the idea of like, yeah, you get a spear that comes back to you, but at what cost? <laughs> koalas. This is when the party retires and becomes magicians with koalas as assistants. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe there's a koala... Uh, shortage in your campaign yeah this is how you fix that or yeah. they want to like a whole zoo just for koalas maybe koalas are endangered species and you just you know throw your spear a few times do they ever disappear like yeah if you give if, the spear to if, somebody else they all are, they all they all what disappear. happens to them they disappear so are they real koalas Probably or are not. they like as real as a familiar koalas. is spiritual koalas fey koala <laughs> I wonder how the blank dogs feel about those. Oh, probably fine. Koalas Displacer are evil. beast. Yeah. Displacer beasts probably don't like them. Ah. They don't like anything. Anyway, that's all I have, though, about right. Nilbogs. So, we talked about, honestly, I don't even have many questions. They're just pranksters. Yeah, I get it. You use them in campaigns where you just want to be a pranky little annoyance to your party. Yeah. When they deserve it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I didn't think this episode would be terribly long or you would have a lot of questions because 
they really are just that, but I figured it'd be a fun topic. Maybe eventually we'll actually talk about goblins. Yeah, maybe. Not tomorrow. Not next episode. Not tomorrow. I hope not tomorrow. I'm not ready for that. <laughs> I'm not ready for anything ever. No, me neither. It's okay. So next episode, we're going to talk about dryads. Because I can never get enough of Greek mythology, I guess. It's the best. I wish there was more like blatant like Norse mythology references. I guess the giants. We could talk about a few of the giants, maybe. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. That would be cool. There's, I feel like there's a lot of lore there. Oh, yeah. But I next feel episode. like we could also talk about like monsters that we would like to be in D&D. Like fun, be fun like bonus episodes. Yeah. Like if we want to do like the world serpent or something cool like that, you know? Yeah. That'll be next one day we'll record one day we'll record bonus episodes or everything, but one day we'll do anything extra. Life's hard enough. It's okay. There's too many things going on right now with the universe. Yeah. Um, Mood. If you guys enjoy listening to us, check out our other podcast, ADHD book club, where we, uh, as of this, well, this is coming out to like a month and a half from now. So, well, we will probably be finished with Cersei and have two short hey. stories you can check out. Did we figure out what book we're reading next? The next book we're reading is Gallant by V.E. Schwab. Schwab. He's, he's a pretty good author. I don't think he's my favorite, but he's pretty good. No, we all know your favorite, Sanderson. It is. It is. Or that one Russian guy. No. Yov Torjewski or whatever. Hey, I, I think that's pretty close. You have Gimme Zatnyen? Sure. There we go. Something or Dostoevsky? Russian. Is that the one Dota- that you're Yeah, Dostoevsky was the one I was thinking of. <laughs> I've only read one of his books, but it was... I don't know. It had some solid quotes in it that like will be stuck in my brain for the rest of my life. Fair. Like, what right does anyone have to tell other people what to do was basically the gist of it. I was like, yeah, what right do we have? I mean, if you're going to try to kill me, I think I have a pretty good right to tell you to fucking not. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just talking about, like, bossing people around. What, what right does any boss have to tell me what to do? There rather was, than they give me money, but that's, like, not enough. There was one I saw recently that was, like, if the threat of not working is, like, starvation and losing your house, then how different is that from slavery? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. That's Anyways. what we're going to be talking about in the ADHD book club. Uh, <laughs> send us emails. Give us reviews. Share us with friends. Follow us on Twitter. Do all the things. Press all the buttons. Uh, we appreciate you. <laughs> send me personally an email. If you find out my personal email, go for it. I'm not going to respond because I hardly ever check those. I'll respond to every single email because I am addicted to my email somehow. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> Ciao. Ciao. Thank you for listening. Keepers of the Monster Guild is created by Machamello and Cole Driscoll. It is edited by Cole, and our intro music was created by April O. Links for everything are in the episode description. Stay chaotic, my friends. <laughs>